Welcome to Friends and Fiction, four New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry are four longtime friends with more than 70 published books between them. Together, they host Friends and Fiction with author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing to highlight and support independent bookstores. They discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. It's Wednesday night, and that means it's time for Friends in Fiction. It's the happiest hour on the internet, and we are so grateful that you have chosen to spend your time with us tonight. I'm Christy Woodson-Harvey. I'm Mary Kay Andrews. I'm Kristen Harmel. And this is Friends in Fiction, for New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories to support independent bookstores, authors, and librarians. Tonight, we will be talking with the one and only Colleen Hoover. Um, our Patty had a prior engagement with her alma mater tonight, so she sends you all her love. She wants me to say War Eagle, but my mouth can only say Go Heels. So, <laughs> sorry, Patty, but she'll be back <laughs> next week. This show is partially brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Charleston Coffee Roasters. Charleston Coffee Roasters painstakingly searches the world over for the highest quality coffee beans. They bring them home to Charleston, South Carolina, where slow roasting coaxes out their unique flavors. And along with their promise of great coffees, Charleston Coffee Roasters also pledges to help our planet and local communities, which we love. Mm -hmm. Globally, they support sustainable farming practices, and locally, they partner with the South Carolina Sea Turtle Rescue Program. Visit their website, charlestoncoffeeroasters.com, and use the code COFFEEWITHFRIENDS, no spaces, COFFEEWITHFRIENDS, to get 20% off on all bagged coffees. Also, I believe we have a winner to announce. Mm -hmm. um, Lisa and Brenda ran a giveaway last week over on the book club page. Drum roll, please. Oh, or or computer beat. Oh, Patty's um, on here for the sound effect. I know. What are what are we doing? I know. So the winner is Cheryl Bostic from Spanaway, Washington. Cheryl was chosen at random from more than 250 entrants. She will receive a Charleston Coffee Roasters coffee gift pack valued at $35. So congratulations, Cheryl Bostic. Yeah, and tonight we're thrilled to bring back our pals, Page One Books, as a presenting sponsor. Yay. The Page One, I know, we're so glad to have them back. Yeah, the Page yeah. One book subscription provides the personal touch of an indie bookstore with the delight and surprise of an online subscription service curated just for you. The literary matchmakers at Page One Books hand-select books just for you based on your preferences and their knowledge. At Page One Books, you are more than an algorithm. Shop now at pageonebooks.com. That's page, the number one, <laughs> books.com. Choose their three, six, or 12-month subscription plan. The gift of page one is always a custom fit. And now you can get 15% off all book subscriptions with code FRIENDS, all caps, 15. As so is, know, is, have, is that the number one, like what Colleen Hoover always is on the New York Times bestseller list? Oh, that's number one. Yeah. I actually feel like it actually should just not be called the New York Times bestseller list anymore. Just it should just be like what Colleen, Colleen sold this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Just checking. Just checking. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you know, we encourage, we continue to encourage you to support independent booksellers when and where you can, you know, wherever you want to buy Colleen's books is fine with <laughs> us. Um, and one way you can do that besides visiting page one books is to visit our friends and fiction bookshop.org page where you can find Colleen's books and books by the four of us and our past guests at a discount. We also want to remind you that both Christy and Mary Kay, these two lovely ladies here, have brand new books coming out in the next couple of months. So Christy's The Wedding Veil will be out March 29th, which Christy, what is that? Just like it's four less weeks? Less than four like weeks. Less than four like, weeks. I'm oh my like gosh. panicking. Like I have to start packing for two or Oh, season. I can't really? believe it. I feel like we've been talking about it for so long and it's yeah. finally here. I got the and real Mary hardbacks this week. Oh, that's so exciting. And Mary Kay's The Homewreckers will be out just a few weeks later on May 3rd. Of course, both books are available wherever books are sold. But if you want a hand-signed first edition of both books, hand-signed first edition, you guys, it's amazing. Plus a little free gift. You can order the spring box from our friends at Independent Bookstore Oxford Exchange. I was actually just there on Sunday. We love them so much. Um, you'll receive a beautiful delivery of both books, each of them signed, as we said, as soon as they're released. Um, and we really encourage you to pick this up if you can. If you know, if you watch the show and you love the show, um, it, you know, these ladies put so much of their time and their effort into um, into what you see on screen here every week. So this would be plus the books are just amazing. So we know you want to read them and get autographed copies. Yep. Oh, thank you, Kristen. Well, we know a lot of you have been participating in our very first Friends in Fiction reading challenge, as have the four of us. And this month, we are encouraging you to read a book about a female historical figure. Um, and if you're looking for a way to keep track of these books and your other reading, we'd love to recommend our beautiful reading journal designed by us in conjunction with another favorite independent bookstore, Oxford Exchange. It has a gorgeous blue linen cover, a, a Tar Heel blue cover, I might have picked that. And just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> and plenty of space to record your thoughts on what you're reading. Okay, so now let us get to this main event, our guest, Colleen Hoover. But before we do, we have a special sneak peek for you of Christie's brand new book trailer for The Wedding Veil. You know, we love to share our special first with you here before they go anywhere else. I hope you enjoy. Sean, play it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Christy, that's beautiful. <laughs> it had a okay. beautiful blurb by one of I my favorite authors, Kristen Harmel. I loved this book so much, and I'm so excited for everyone else out there to get to read your first historical contemporary novel on March 29th. And of course, we hope everyone out there will pre-order. Christy, can you give us a little glimpse into what we can expect from The Wedding Veil? Super briefly, and then we'll get to Colleen. Um, but um, this is a story about four generations of women and a family heirloom that has a connection to the Vanderbilt family. And... I'll tell you the rest in a couple of weeks on the show. So let's welcome our guest for the evening, Colleen Hoover. Colleen is the number one New York Times bestselling author of over 20 novels and novellas. Her work falls into the new adult and young adult contemporary romance categories, as well as psychological thriller. She writes amazingly all across the board. <laughs> yeah. um, she's sort of above and beyond categories. Colleen, yeah, more than good 
She won the Goodreads Choice Award for Best Romance for three consecutive years from 2015 to 2017 for her novels Confess, It Ends With Us, and Without Merit. Her novel Confess was filmed as a series by Awestruck and is available on Prime Video via Amazon and iTunes. Colleen also founded the Bookworm Box, which is a charity subscription service and bookstore with her family in 2015. All profits from the subscription service are donated to various charities each month. And to date, the Bookworm Box has donated over $1 million to help those in need, which is just amazing. How cool is that? Colleen's new novel, Reminders of Him, was just released in January, and she recently announced a long-anticipated sequel to her novel, It Ends With Us called It Starts With Us, which will be released in October of this year. All right, Sean, bring her on. Hi, Hi Colleen. <laughs> Welcome. We're so glad to have you here. And we and our audience have been so excited to host you tonight. Oh, so thanks, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here in the presence of such wonderful writers oh, and can i just say how funny it is <laughs> christy yours and mary kay's books when they're side by side it's like the wedding bell and then the home records starts with us and it ends with us <laughs> i really i had to do a listicle today of like the worst wedding gifts and i was like what are the worst wedding gifts and i was like mm, Maybe like, you know, your the, the book that got you through your divorce or something. So that's basically what that was. Um, that is awesome. Well, <laughs> I love that. Could you tell us a little bit about your latest runaway hit, which I just devoured, um, Reminders of Him? Yeah. So Reminders of Him is a book I wrote last year or the year before. I can't really remember, honestly. <laughs> it's yeah. about um, a woman named Kenna who, you know, made some mistakes in her life and recently got out of prison and is trying to start over and wants to be reunited with her daughter. And um, I, I think I might have written it when I probably was in, in a quarantine mood. It's a very sad book. <laughs> It is. It is a sad book, but it's also just wonderful. Okay, Colleen. Uh, it's my turn to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is yours, Mary Kay Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colleen. One of the many, many genius things you did in Reminders of Him is you create a massive ethical dilemma in which there are oh so many shades of gray. Mm. And we're not talking about those other shades of gray. <laughs> not <laughs> just not 50 of them. Yeah. <laughs> this dilemma affects every sim single character in the novel and it keeps the pages flipping. And as those pages flip, the reader can't help but shift his or her alliances. Now, without giving away too much, what was the initial spark for this novel? What made you, besides quarantine, want to write <laughs> Kenna and Ledger's story? Um, you know, it's interesting that you put it the way you put it about, you know, kind of shifting loyalties. When I write, my goal always is 
to play devil's advocate. I, uh-huh. I love playing devil's advocate and I love doing that when I write, um, kind of making readers root for someone they don't necessarily think they'll root for. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really the start of all of the books when I go into them is trying to find something where I'm like, okay, what, what can I write about and how can I write about it from a point of view that I don't necessarily always see things from. And um, I think with Kenna and Ledger's story, I had just came off the hills of writing Heartbones and ended that with someone kind of dealing with the prison system. And then I got a loose idea of how I wanted to write about a woman coming out of the prison system. Um, my little sister is really big into prison reform and was in college and working on her master's degree. And so we had a lot of discussions about it. And while the book doesn't go into that, um, I think that it was just an interest of mine at the time when I got the idea for the book. Okay. Now, do you, you said your little sister um, is very much into prison reform, but do you think your own background in social work plays a role in your, these um, really emotional and complex stories about human nature and the choices? Yeah, that's I, I do. I think that, um, you know, I worked as a social worker for several years before I started writing books. And I think we always put a little piece of ourselves into our books and, you know, some of what we've learned. Um, but I think a lot of the reason why I went into social work is because I was interested in in helping people and seeing the other side of things. And um, so I don't know how much of an influence it, it has, but definitely I think that there's always a little bit of that in there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. All right, I'm just going to remind our audience out there that if you have a question for Colleen, feel free to drop it in the chat and we will be pulling some audience questions in just a minute. Um, but one of the things that really sort of strikes me about your career is I feel like, you know, you hear this phrase like meteoric rise, but that's a really spot on description. I feel like for your career, I mean, you have had a meteoric rise you really have. So we're going to get out our pencils and our paper and we were just going <laughs> to see if you could like, just tell us what to do. Talk us through it. That's all. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Just taking some notes. Taking some notes. Yeah. Disregard us. Yeah. No, just kidding. But in all seriousness, like take us back a little bit. How did your writing career begin? And when you look back now, do you feel like there was like a turning point where it everything just like exploded for you? Or do you feel like it was more like little by little? Um, I definitely feel like I view my career very differently than other people do. Hmm. Um, When I wrote my first book, it was, I released it back in 2012. Mm -hmm. I had zero expectations. So when that book started, you know, hitting readers Kindles and when it hit the New York times, I was kind of in a state of disbelief and that hasn't stopped. (laughs) You know, for me, the fact that that first book hit the New York Times, like I was so blown away and thought, okay, it can't get better than this. I'm at the top. It's, you know, (laughs) downhill from here. Um, But things just kept happening and kept happening. And, um, and I don't know when, when it ends with us released and I think it was 2016, it hit the New York Times for two weeks, I think. I thought like, that's the best this book is ever going to do. Like it was better than I ever imagined. And I honestly thought like, okay, that was a huge success. I had no, no idea that what has happened in this past year could even happen, you know? And so I think I've just been in a state of disbelief. And I don't know that I've really accepted it yet. (laughs) It's, 
it's just one of those things where like my whole career, I feel like I am a writer who has come across a lot of luck and good timing and I haven't really paid my dues, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of guilt there with, yeah. with the success. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, you're certainly using your success for good. So I don't oh, think yeah. there should be any Absolutely. guilt there. Oh, my goodness. You're so generous with everything that you do. And um, and for being on here with us tonight. So thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, wow. It's, it's, really, it's really incredible to watch. So we're going to ask you for a writing tip in just a little bit. And we know we'll all be sharpening our pencils for that. But um, if you were going to give a piece of advice to, like, a new writer or maybe, like, three you know, not so new writers on the marketing <laughs> side of things. Do you have tips for people who are looking to grow their audiences? You know, th that's one thing that I, d I like, I, I hit a million followers on Instagram this week and crazy. it's crazy. Like I don't, I, I wish that I had tips, but I don't like, I, I just don't pay for marketing. I don't do things like that. I'm just yeah. myself. Like, I, yeah. I, I've i had my social media since before I wrote my first novel. Mm -hmm. And back then, I was silly. I was myself. I, I shared embarrassing stories about my kids, about myself. And I feel like I've kept that up. You know, yeah. I, I've um, really not changed anything. I don't allow anyone to touch my social media. I don't have a social media manager. Like I still every day log on and do it all myself. That's why I don't get a lot done anymore. On it. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I've just re retained this sense of control with it. And I think that's actually helped that it's still authentically me. And I think that if, if I were to have let someone else control it or, you know, hired out, it would feel like a commercial. And I think that's where some people go wrong is, mm -hmm. is their page starts to feel like there's a disconnect there between the person behind it and, and the audience. And it just becomes like a commercial. And I just don't want that to happen to my pages. And I know that I don't like to follow pages like that. So I guess if I had to give advice, it would be just be yourself and, and try to, you know, give readers pieces of you, not just your books all the time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It. I love that. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. um, so Colleen, in a recent interview with Glamour, um, you had this great quote. They asked you about what makes a good story. And you said, I have no idea. It's like no math. Idea. I know. I love it. Um, you said, it's like math, how every person can get to the same answer using a different method. But it's like that with each book I write. I don't have a method. I don't have steps or rules I follow. I just somehow make it from the beginning to the end by the skin of my teeth and hope I get it right. So we love that answer so much, um, except obviously for the math part, because we, no, really we don't avoid, like that. Math we try to avoid <laughs> math as much as we can on a daily basis. No, but, but we, we totally relate with that. So I uh, relate to that. So um, I guess I'm just wondering. So recently, I know you shared a picture of your office with post-its on a whiteboard. And I guess I'm just thinking, what, what is your process? Can you talk us through a little bit about how you formulate a book? Yeah. So the reason for the post-its, I don't do that with every book. I did. I am with this book because I'm writing It Starts With Us right now. And there are even just the tiniest sentences in the first book that I've got to go and make sure that that timeline matches up with the second book and things the characters said in the first book match up with the second book. And so it's a lot more tedious to me, I think, like trying to write a sequel and having to make sure you have 
every everything yeah. right going into that one. And so I look a lot more organized than I usually am because okay. normally like I write standalones. I don't do a lot of series or sequels. Okay. And my standalones, my standalones, I kind of go into with one, one little thing. Like it might be the title. It might be the plot twist. It might be something I like about a character. It might be a scene that I'm going to write, but I usually just start with one thing and then, and then build the story and the outline around something that I know I want in the book. Um, my outlines are a hot mess and they don't make sense to anyone but me. <laughs> they sometimes are longer than the books themselves. Like I write <gasps> a lot of crap wow. that I never use. But you so know, you are an outliner. Yeah, to me, it's like sometimes I'll write, you know, five chapters worth of stuff and end up only using one yeah. scene of that. In the, in the actual book, but I have to write a lot of stuff I'm not going to use in order to get to what I am going to use. Okay. And I think that's where a lot of writers struggle because they think, oh, this thing I put down on paper, you know, they, they don't get very far past the first chapter of trying to write their first book because they think they have to use that. And if they don't like it, they're hard on themselves and give up. But I'm, I'm telling you, like, sometimes you have to write a lot of crap to get to something worth yeah. even. Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. Um, and, and I'd say, I mean, obviously your process is working because these books draw readers in so deeply and we feel these characters and, um, you know, I, I'm midway through reading Verity now. Um, so don't tell me what happens. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering what it was like to write. Um, I guess I'm just interested in this in particular because of course, two of the main characters, Verity and Lowen, um, are both writers. So what was that like to write these writer characters as a writer yourself? Is is there any piece of your own writing journey that has kind of become a part, you know, maybe of Verity? I, I mean, not a Verity, of Lowen, because I feel like we're seeing so much of oh, the, yeah, the writing sure. unfold. Yeah, for sure with Lowen, I felt like I put a lot of um, my own journey into her story. I don't know that I can relate to Verity's Verity. Which is probably a good thing, but um, yeah, definitely Lowen. Like, I, I th it's been a while since I wrote that book, but I remember one part where she was talking about marketing and advertising and how she just isn't good at that because she hates yeah. telling people like, "Hey, read this book; it's great." Yeah, um, that that was me. Like, I hate that more than anything. I hate having to talk positively about my books, mainly because I'm my own worst critic. And if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to tell my readers. I don't know if you should read this one. <laughs> How I am. Like I, I'm not very good at self-promotion <laughs> and neither was Lowen. That is true. <laughs> That's really great. I, that is hard though. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's one of those things that at the beginning, I just could not. And then you just sort of get, you got to get used to it. And yeah. I mean, then you become Mary Kay and have hashtag buy my book, damn it. And then that's <laughs> yeah. all you need. That's true. It's like, you know, it, that's, that's just a inserting part of your personality. It makes it, it is, fun yeah. and it breaks awesome. up that monotony. I love that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think and I think I don't know about everybody else, but raised women who were raised in the South we're told that it's bad manners to tell, yeah. to put ourselves forward. And it's, it's just not done. It's yeah. just not done. <laughs> yeah. And that's talk about your accomplishments and people won't yeah. like you if you're successful yeah. and which, you know, 
Yeah. yeah it's hard to overcome that. I, I think it is yeah. that, that in that instinct to say I'm not good enough, you know? Yeah. Well, and if you're already fighting imposter syndrome and Colleen, you've been pretty for, you know, forthcoming about that. Yeah. And that's one thing I struggle with. I don't know how you struggle with it when you own the New York times bestseller. List <laughs> right. I, mean, I feel like it's worse. I feel like it's, yeah. it's so much worse because I have four books on the New York times bestseller list, but in my head, I'm like, why do I have one on there? Now I have four. It's like four times the imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know, grateful doesn't cut it. I, we're also grateful yeah. for everything yeah. that happens, but it doesn't take away that, um, that imposter syndrome and that guilt and that feeling of you, you don't belong. I don't know. That suspicion yeah. that any minute now they're going to pull the rug out from underneath exactly. you and yeah. an armored truck is going to pull up and say, mm -hmm. we need the money back right now. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. This is the book where we realize that you actually are not a writer. We're yeah. sorry. Yes. Yeah. I just keep waiting for that. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's been a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. Okay. Well, as expected, we have about a million reader questions coming in for you. So we are going to try to get through as many of those as we can. So uh, Mary Kay, you want to get us started? Yeah. Kristen Ness Ayers asks, um, Colleen, did you release your first book on your own or did you use a traditional publisher? And I think that's a question a lot of people want to know. Have yeah, answered. So I did go um, indie on my first novel. I did it all myself, um, did my own editing. Uh, my own horrible cover design. <laughs> um, and I have done several since then. I released a book a year and a half ago that was self-published. I do both. I enjoy both. I think that um, there are positives and negatives to both. Um, but I'm a huge advocate for self-publishing um, for sure. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. We have a question from Cindy Joe Riddle Funderburk, who says, how did Colleen get involved in TikTok? Lots and lots of readers have been acquired there. Very exciting. Um, okay. This is where I think some misunderstanding comes in. <laughs> I, don't think I have like, like that the reason why my books saw the success they did on TikTok was something I did. It was absolutely nothing I did. It was all book talkers, people that were suddenly into reading during quarantine. Um, I, I, I've had TikTok since before it was TikTok. It used to be called Musical.ly like back into like 2015. And I have this, I have this toxic trait of anytime there's a new social media platform, I have to go claim my name, even if <laughs> I don't use the platform or it never takes off. Uh, so I claimed my name on Musical.ly and then it kind of got grandfathered over to TikTok. And so, you know, I, I've been putting up TikTok videos for like four or five years now, awesome. maybe once or twice a year. And, and none of them really ever have to do with my books. Like over there, I had about 2000 followers and I was just posting videos mostly with my youngest kid because he loves TikTok. Um, and, but then when quarantine happened, I started noticing I was getting more and more followers and, um, and then it just blew up over there and it wasn't any video I did. It was just, um, I, I really think quarantine people, yeah. you know, not being able to go to work, it, it made a whole lot of new readers and TikTok is what took off at the time. And, um, and my books just happened to be some of the books that were talked about in the beginning of that. So it wasn't really anything that I did. It, I just, I just benefited from it. Okay, I'll be right back. I got to sign up for TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. Um, 
Carrie Soderman, this is a good one. It says, has your fame changed how you live your life? I think y'all would be so shocked at how much the same our lives are. You know, I, I still live in the same town. I still live on the same land where we, like when I wrote my first book, I lived in a single wide trailer with my husband and three kids. And right now we still live on that same plot of land, just in a bigger house. <laughs> um, yeah, we, nothing has changed really. Of course, you know, I don't have to dig in the couch cushions for change. Um, so that's nice. But I think that's why I love it because I was born and raised in this town and no one treats me any differently. No one thinks I'm special. And so I, you know, I stay humbled here because, because of that. And and I don't know. I just, I just love it here. Um, and my kids, they don't care. My, my kids could, could not care less about the book world and everything that's happening. They treat me like mom. So, you know, every day when I'm online and I'm like, Oh, I have a million followers who are the first ones to just bring me back down a notch. It's unbelievable how they'll do that. <laughs> right. Three teenage boys. It is, it's, it's fun. <laughs> Well, not all teenagers anymore. My oldest is 21 now. Oh, wow. I, I, I laughed like I was crying. I was laughing so hard at you doing the thing about the readers saying that they couldn't believe that your son was allowed to read Verity and you're like <laughs> 21. Like, I know. You <laughs> think about how you look so young. I was. So thank you for that rabbit hole for an hour yesterday. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to stick. It has stuck. Like last week when I went to have LASIK surgery, um, the eye the eye place that I got my LASIK surgery done did a picture of me and two of my kids. And they said a mother and her two sons did LASIK surgery. Well, my readers went on that page and left hundreds of comments of like, <laughs> How dare you call her their mother? She's obviously too young to be their mother. And they're all kidding, right? Well, this this LASIK company is going in and like apologizing to people, going, we're sorry. She, We thought she was the mother. <laughs> Oops. It's just that it, it follows me everywhere. And it's it's just the greatest thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so awesome. All right. We're, you know, we've got so many questions. We're going to do another round because, Colleen, people have all these pen up questions for you yeah um yeah charlene keller wants to know she's watching on youtube what are some of your go-to authors and favorite and what are your favorite genres to read i think my favorite genre to read right now is contemporary romance um i'm kind of new to the genre <laughs> i was not a romance reader before i wrote my first book and i just read a lot of true crime and and biographies. I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't know why I hadn't picked up romance yet. But um, so since I started writing it, like I cannot get enough of it. Um, so it really anything that's usually new releases, I, I just gobble them up in the, in the especially in Kindle Unlimited. Um, right now I'm on a Christina Lauren kick. I just got, oh, we love them. We have this. Yeah. I just got their newest in the mail. I'm taking that on vacation with me. I can't so wait. Excited. And Emily Henry. Oh my gosh. Oh, we she love her too. So good. Uh, so yeah, definitely contemporary romance. That's awesome. There's so many people writing such great contemporary romance these days. And yeah, I mean, you, sure. just, you just named two of our favorites. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right. We have um, a, a uh, comment from Wendy Long saying, I love how real you are on social media, which we just talked a little bit about. 
But she has a great question. She says, have you always been so comfortable in your own skin? Um, yes. <laughs> I love that. I don't get embarrassed. I don't, I don't know if that's something that stopped happening once I turned like 35, 40. Um, but I just, nothing really embarrasses me anymore. And I don't know if that comes with age or if it's just come with me just being very comfortable with myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, what you see is what you get 24 seven. And sometimes I don't know if that's a good thing, but I love it is a good thing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Jen O'Brien wants to know, can you explain Book Bonanza to people who are not familiar with it? Oh, I would love to. So Book Bonanza is a signing that um, is put on by our charity, The Bookworm Box. And it takes place at the Gaylord in Dallas every year. We've had to cancel the last couple of years because of COVID, but we have about... 250 authors and 2,000 readers. It's a huge event. We haven't had one since 2019, so we are itching to get back in, and we're doing it this year in July, 8th and 9th. Um, so, yeah, any authors that are interested, email us. I should know the email address offhand. I think it's bookbonanza at thebookwormbox.com. Um, so, you know, we'd love to sign up authors and we, and all the money goes to charity. Uh, so last year, well, for 2019, the donations went to build a school in Malawi and to, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. So I'm not going to say where the other donations went. Cause I will be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I will not be able to hold my head up if I don't ask Kathy All's question because she is our managing director, Meg Walker's mom, mm -hmm. and we don't want to piss off Meg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kathy wants to know, Colleen, if you ever tour. I do. Uh, I haven't in a while because of COVID, and I miss it so much. But uh, I usually do really long tours. I know with my age releases, sometimes I would do 20 to 30 states or cities. Um, yeah, I haven't toured since January of 2020, though, and I don't have a book coming out until October. But I, I feel like by the time October hits, I might I might be comfortable um, mm -hmm. doing maybe a week long tour. So hopefully I'll. Well, Dallas from Litchfield Books messaged me yesterday and told me to tell you that they really want you to come there. <laughs> it's the best literary luncheon. We're all about it. You should yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlene Keller is wondering, will Colleen be writing another thriller like Verity? Uh, I am. I ah. um, I'm, I haven't started it yet because I'm finishing up this other book right now, but it's the next book I'm writing. I'm doing a thriller for Grand Central. And I think Ooh, it's going to have like a fall 2023 release if I turn it in on time. So don't hold me to that date. Um, yes, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that will work out. I forgot that you were with Grand Central now. You have Karen Kostalnik, don't you? Yes, I love she her. She edited two of my books in like 2008 and 2009. She's wonderful. Oh, I love her. Yeah, yeah. she's Grand Central's just been so great. Um, kind of all over the place. I have a contract with Montlake, which is an Amazon imprint, and then of course, Atria, and then Grand Central. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking with all the deadlines. <laughs> uh, they've all been wonderful, but Grand Central, like 
they announced today that they're putting out Verity in hardcover this fall. Oh, I oh, saw cool. that with that beautiful cover. Yeah. And, and that one was actually an indie book that I did in 2018. And I just recently sold it to Grand Central back in October. So my little sister, who is a cover designer, did the de did the original design for Verity. And then they went back to her. Grand Central did and let her do the hardcover design. So okay. I thought that was really awesome of them. That's that super cool. Beautiful with the golds and everything. Mm -hmm. It looked great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Megan, is it Tabor? I can't see either, so I'm with you. Um, wants to know, are you able to tell us anything about the movie adaptation of It Ends With Us? I wish I could. Um, we, I, I, I don't know anything. Like, I feel like because of COVID, um, you know, a lot of films got pushed back, and I think that was one of them that um, is taking a little longer than they anticipated, but um, as it stands right now, they're still working on the script. So we are not into casting yet, even though I saw an article on BuzzFeed yesterday that said um, the casting was announced. That, that wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, funny. Well, that's news to me. Thank I think you. One of them had Adam Driver as one of the actors, which would be like a dream of mine. I love him, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Colleen, we love a good writing tip. And it's always so fun to hear different advice from different authors. So would you mind sharing a quick writing tip with our viewers? Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people struggle with writer's block and mm -hmm. it's one of those things that I don't necessarily believe in. I believe in creative lulls and I, mm -hmm. I, I don't really focus on writer's block very much. Like if I'm not feeling it, to me, it's, I'm just having a lull and it's okay to walk away from the computer and go watch TV. Like I consume other forms of art when this happens. Like I'll go watch TV, watch movies, read other books, um, you know, anything to consume other people's art forms. And usually that sparks something in me to want to go back to my computer and write. And sometimes those creative lulls may last a month or two. I don't know, but uh, just don't be so hard on yourself if, if that happens to you. Um, I think that some people, and it may just be your personality that you, if you're, especially if you're type A, you think, oh, I have to hit a word count every day. I have to do this. Um, don't be so hard on yourself. Creativity isn't something you can put on a, you know, on a schedule. So just walk away. I love that. All right. We usually ask authors to give us a book suggestion and we would love that too. But there's a question the New York Times book review asks authors and we like the this Colleen question. Hoover book review? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I accidentally called it by its old name, the New York Times. I forgot it's the Colleen Hoover book review. Yes. So would you mind telling us readers of the Colleen Hoover book review, what book might we be surprised to find in your library or on your nightstand? Might you be surprised to find? Yeah. Oh gosh, I will have some books back here. <laughs> well, if we wouldn't be surprised, it's fine. You could just well, whatever you're reading. I just started. You know, I said that I um I um like biographies. Yeah. This one is oh, Andrew yeah. McCarthy's. It's so good. A friend of mine went on and on about it and ended up mailing it to me because she was irritated that I was taking so long buying it. Uh, so that's what I'm reading right now, which is really good. I don't know. I'm just a sucker for biographies and documentaries. That's awesome. And Bravo, right? Yeah. And Bravo TV. Anything Bravo. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, Colleen, if you wouldn't mind sticking around for just a couple minutes, we have one additional question for you. But first, we have just a few quick reminders for everybody out there. 
Yeah. And um, just a quick reminder about our Writer's Block podcast. We'll always post links under announcements each time a new one drops. I just love saying that. I feel like I'm a, I'm so hip. Um, I am not going to, I'm not, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm never going to get over saying that. <laughs> never. Never. It'll be on my headstone. She said, <laughs> a new episode of our podcast is each Friday on the last episode. Ron talked to Jennifer E. Smith and Diana Rostad about entering, entering adulthood de- slash debuts. And this week, Ron and Christy will talk to one moment. Let's gird our loins. They're going to talk to, <laughs> they're gonna talk to Southern Charm star Craig Conover about his memoir, Pillow Talk. So don't, don't forget to subscribe <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are hitting those subscription buttons, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and our YouTube channel too. So you'll never miss a thing. If you're connected with us, both of those ways, you will be with us always we're inescapable you can also find selected back episodes on local plus which is a new streaming platform that also includes lots of brand new content from other independent creators and if you're not hanging out with us yet in the friends and fiction official book club you're missing out the group which is separate from us but is run by our friends lisa harrison and brenda gardner is now more than eleven thousand strong join them march 21st when they will be discover discussing Christina Lauren's The Soulmate Equation, which Colleen just mentioned. Wow, that's awesome. And make sure to join us for our next episode of Friends in Fiction next year. Ne- next. Oh, I was saying like three <laughs> words at the same time. Next Wednesday, right here at 7 p.m., where we will welcome Lisa Barr and Erica Roebuck. And Rachel McMillan will join us for the after show. And then on March 16th, we'll host John Searles and Jessica Strasser will join us for the after show. If you're ever wondering about our schedule, it's on our Friends in Fiction website and on the header graphic on our Facebook page. And I get to ask the last question, Colleen. You are up. We always like to ask, what were the values around reading and writing when you were growing up? That's a good question. Um, I think the value that my mom always instilled in us is to... um, enjoy it. It was never, you know, presented to us like a chore. And I would just gobble up anything I could get my hands on. That was to me, one of my biggest hobbies. And I think my mom helped instill that in us. That's so great. Well, Colleen, you have been such a great guest. We're so glad that you came tonight. Thank you for spending your time with us. And um, we know that everybody in our audience was so thrilled to have you too. And we can't wait to read the next book. Oh, thank you all. This was so much fun. Truly. I would love to come back. Oh, please. Anytime. Anytime. Thank Thank you, Colleen. Good night. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you to our presenting sponsors, Charleston Coffee Roasters and Page One Books for their generous support. Um, Show our sponsors some love by following them on Facebook and Instagram and subscribing to their email newsletters. Remember that you can use the code coffee with friends for 20% off bag coffees at Charleston coffee roasters and the code friends 15 for 15% off book subscriptions at page one. Now make sure to stay tuned for our after show and don't forget that you can find all of our back episodes on YouTube or rewatch this one, which I am definitely going to be doing. (laughs) Colleen was amazing. We're live there every week, just like we are on Facebook. And if you subscribe, you won't miss a thing. Plus you'll have access to special short clips. 
Come back next week, same time, same place, as we welcome Lisa Barr and Erica Roebuck. Hey, Ron, Wait, wait, it's not a dirty martini. Oh, wait, wait. No, wait. No, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, sure. wink, wink. Um, Hello. Ron makes a killer martini, we found out. We, and we can so, only yeah. hope that that's a coffee mug full of gin as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, got, no. Like, no. No. <laughs> no. Just water. <laughs> what a great guest. Wow. Yes, wasn't she wonderful. good? Uh, Yes. And of course, most of you know Ron Block, rock star librarian, who is also the host of our enormously popular Writer's Block podcast. And we just had to ask him to come on tonight to chat about the podcast because this month is so awesome sauce that we're calling it March Madness. And in our opinions, this version is way better than a bunch of grown men dribbling balls up and down the court in short pants. Am I right, ladies? Oh, yeah. I kind of like March Madness. I agree, no. I agree that the podcast is better. Now, okay. During, during halftime, you can listen to the podcast. That's right. They're both good in their like own way. Yeah. yeah. Christine, yeah. I mean, since Carolina is always a perpetual you know, NCA powerhouse. She's never going to say basketball sucks. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but wow. anyway, Ron, would yes. you tell us what our version of March Madness looks forward to? I am <laughs> just blown away. We kind of sat down and put it all together for the month. And I was like, oh, my God, we are. We it's it's March Madness. So you've yeah. already revealed that we are going to be talking this Friday. Christy and I are going to drop an episode with Craig Conover from Pillow Talk, we had so much his fun. book. And he um, also is a star of um, Southern Charm. We were, and I think Christy will agree, we were surprised how honest he is and how, how forthcoming he was about some real struggles in his life and how it was mm-hmm. to mix the fame and things. We also got a little bit of uh, early gossip about the new season of Southern Charm. So. Ooh. Worth paying. Exciting. We did. He was really, it was like a really dishy episode. I mean, he really like was. did not hold back. We were asking him some like, and it was like the more he was like being really honest, we were like, well, let's ask him this. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And he did his homework on all of us too. Mm-hmm. So he, it was really interesting. Which and was so sweet. Someone here was named his mother's favorite author. I'm not saying who, mm. but tune in to find out. Oh, um, I know. I know. On March 11th, Brad Meltzer uh, was a guest. What a great sit down that was. And when somebody that big and and he's so giving and he's so kind and he's so nice. But when somebody um, answers a question by, I've never told this story before, you know, it's worth tuning in. It's really good. Oh, my God. It's so good. too. You're going to be so excited. Ron just like lures you in and you forget that there are actually like thousands of people listening to you. And you're like, well, I'm only going to tell you, Ron. Yeah, yeah. just just my close friends. (laughs) Just my close friends. And then on the 18th, we just we just recorded Mary Kay and I with Harlan Coben. And (gasps) so great. I have to tell you, I just a lot of it. I just kind of sat back because it was. Oh, that's not true. Well, that's not true. You did all the hard work. But it was so amazing to watch. And it's one of my favorite things to uh, as a reader and and uh, the host, but to two writers talking about their craft. They told great war stories. There was a lot of a lot of back and forth and, and maybe a couple of secrets that I didn't know about them that someone knew. I don't ah. know. It's, it's really, really good. I just I can't remember. To oh, I can't remember what secret it was. 
Oh, was it about his listen. early? Was it about his early book covers? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole thing. I was like, I saw that on paper, and I'm like, I I don't know what she's doing with this question. <laughs> well, you know, Ron, it's my job to keep everyone guessing. No one ever. That's everyone funny. is always like, what? Is what the hell is she gonna do next? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tune um, in next week. <laughs> so on the 25th of March, there's a, a little known author that I, maybe a couple of you have heard of, and I don't know, there's some big book coming out, but it's gonna have this <laughs> author, The Wedding Veil. I, I I'm hoping I that didn't I can even know what you were talking so. about. <laughs> I'm hoping I can I can get some buzz going for this author. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's basically a it's basically a pity booking, Ron. Yeah. It, is, it kind of is. Do you know oh, how no. many how I mean, God, how much I had to beg to get on this podcast, and how many like <laughs> gifts I had to send, and all the gin, and I mean. <laughs> Uh, it was it was a few finally after a few Kelly Kapowski's in Savannah, Ron <laughs> let me wait come what's on a, the podcast. Wait, what's a what what what's a Kelly <laughs> a Kelly Kapowski? You were at the other end of the table. Ron, can you please enlighten our audience as uh, to what a Kelly Kapowski is? I can. I wish I had a picture like right here to show mm -hmm. you. It's a lovely cocktail. It started out as um being called Kelly Kapowski's Bathwater. But we don't say that now because mm -mm. that's probably not so cool. She was a character on Saved by the Bell. And it's mm -hmm. this lovely little margarita, but it's done with um, um, orange blossom water and mm -hmm. um, pear syrup. And it's, it, it comes out all beautiful pink and pink. put a little um, edible flower in it. Mm -hmm. I'll make you one. I'll make mm -hmm. one for okay. you. Next time I see you. But I'm super excited to come on the podcast. And I found... Not one, but two cut chapters. Um, I think I'm just going to probably only have time to read one. Brilliant, John. He is the best cabana boy. He serves drinks too. Well, what could be better? <laughs> yes, we're going to have some great surprises on the podcast with Christy. Maybe some exclusive content. I don't know. We may sing a duet. I don't know. We really should do that. We, we really should. should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love him. I love, love Kelly Kapowski. I want to go watch Saved by the Bell right now. <laughs> I never saw a single, I shouldn't tell this, I'm dating myself. I'm in like a, such a dinosaur. I don't think I ever saw a single episode of Saved by the Bell. But it's not too late. It's everywhere. Yeah, I think it's it's everywhere. On, I think it's it's everywhere. It's streaming it? on like every streaming service right now. Well, it could be because, you know, um, a is that considered an 80s television show? Mm. I think it's like late. Well, here's the funny thing. So I think it's like an, a, like a late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, right. Okay. Because Will was watching it like, you know, as it was coming out. And then I was kind of watching the reruns. And now I make little Will watch it. And he's like, what are they wearing? And it's so great. <laughs> Okay, well, my excuse for not watching it was when it was on, like a lot of uh, television from that time period, I was working full time at the paper. And so when I came home at night, I was writing in secret. So oh, I, yeah. never saw, I never saw um, a single episode of um, 
There it is. Yeah. 30, there you go. What was it, the um, 30 something? I never saw a single oh, episode of that. Yeah. I, I haven't writing. seen that either. Yeah. yeah. I need to watch that. Yeah, I was writing. Well, just just like an episode or two. Just for the yeah. t- like the taste of it. Yeah. Just first and last episode of every season and you got the whole thing. That's true. <laughs> now I can I can cite chapter and verse of other shows. Mm-hmm later and earlier but not like you know ask me, just, a ask me a Seinfeld or a friend's question the description on Netflix is like four or is it four or five five relatively good kids or something like <laughs> face life's obstacles I don't know it was a really funny description I was like hmm, well, it's hard to sum up yeah, I guess you, that's know, true. you know what show I was thinking about the other day? I was doing research for my um my new book and I was trying to situate myself like in the year 1960, like what were people yeah. watching? And I, I came across a rerun, well, I, like on YouTube of Mr. Ed. And I grew oh. up watching Mr. Ed yeah. all the time on Nick at yeah. Night. Love and I hadn't Mr. thought of it in so many years. Like, wasn't yeah. that the best? I mean, it, you know, it was a silly show, but it was, it such was a the good best. Show. I loved that show. And like Petticoat Wilbur. Junction. Was that around that time? Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> That's so what we can do. We can sing the theme song for Mr. Ed. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> Oh yeah, my god, Pinnacle Junction! I loved, loved Pinnacle Junction. Yeah, I love Nick and Knight was the best. Yeah, and all the like Mary Tyler Moore and yes, Donna Reed, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I saw it when it originally aired. So, zip yeah, it. me too, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> we are older than dirt. We are. That's okay. We get to stay up late now. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to. Now that I can, I don't. No, want to. I, know, I know. I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And drink martinis nice. out of your coffee cup if you want. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I can perfect you that. Yeah. Charleston coffee roasters. Mm. Tastes a lot. This coffee tastes like it has a strong gin aroma. Exactly. Yeah. I have an idea for a new blend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, juniper and vodka, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. oh that's good oh my god what a great episode with colleen hoover yeah she, was she had me at bravo again. yeah right no like right before she was like wait y'all are having craig conover on the podcast and i was like oh my god we're we're best friends like colleen and i just became best friends like right then yeah i kind well, tell of tell her tell her we had amy phillips on too and i was like anytime we can have any bravo celebrity we are like beside ourselves about it love it so it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Okay. No, but okay, you guys, I have to get off because somebody sent us uh, gelato and I'm having gelato <gasps> for dinner. That Ooh, sounds delicious. delicious. Yeah. And don't oh, forget. Yeah, and don't forget. Oh, 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 Mr. Ed's bronze tail. Oh, yeah. Meg says I should tell you that I don't want you all to be envious, but. Um, our friend Tim from um, Nantucket Books sent, sent us some gelato today. Oh, that's so. very, very sweet. Yeah. So very I'm nice. going to have gelato for dinner. And so thanks. Tim that and Santi. Perfect. Yeah, Tim and Santi are on their way to St. Bart's, so I'm not feeling too Yeah, me neither. I came on me today, and I was like, I don't even really want to hear from you. You're like probably <laughs> already tan. You're like already tan. It's yeah. just, I too love much. him, but... Um, I could really use a month in St. Bart's. What about y'all? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
All right, that gelato isn't going to eat itself. I got to get going. Good night. This is so this is so fun. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Thanks for coming on. Good night. Yes. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. You can join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Also, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.